besides Looney Tunes, are there any other like cartoons that like have just stood the test of time and uh, you could introduce to kids at any age and they'd be like all over it? Uh, obviously, besides Mickey and that sort of thing as well. Oh, too bad you said Mickey and yeah. Friends because yeah. I can't say the Donald Duck Nazi ones. Whoa! Where he's got the little sharpie on the end of his bill. Yeah, you know, that's to, not uh, okay. Why did they think that was okay? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's propaganda. This... It's propaganda stuff. Yeah. Or where Japanese guys are getting punched by Superman, and these are not this. These are not sensitive. No. Uh, depictions of uh, Asian people. I don't know, like a timeless. I mean, they are those you're picking the timeless cartoons. That's yeah. a tough one. Yeah. Um. Wow. Do I just not care about cartoons that much? I can't believe that. that I don't would be true. feel like that's true. He Man. He Man. He Man's garbage. Whoa. You got back and watched He Man. No. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not a good show. They're going to redo it though, aren't they? Isn't he, well, they're like... going to do. They've been working on a live action movie for a long time, which may or may not get made, and they cast Noah Centino. Uh, wow, an actor I... nobody's heard of, and okay, then yeah. now they're going to do the Kevin Smith animated thing, which right. so that's going to be great. Um, do you think do they have sarcasm in attorney? Is what I need to know. Um, <laughs> yes. Is there going to be Prince Adam? That's what I need to know. No, I want to answer your your real real. Oh, you're saying that get rid of Prince Adam? I don't know. Like how there's like I mean... no Clark in any of the new Superman movies because who cares about Clark Kent when like Clark Kent was the whole point? Yeah, I mean, mm. is that that was he was a person like a real? Per- it never mattered if Batman was dating Vicky Vale or whatever. That's all just superfluous to his mission. But Superman is like a real person. Yes, and it's painful for him to have to pretend to be a coward and run away from Metallo when you know he's he has to go change into save, uh, Superman and save the save the city. Well, do you think that's the same? And Lois is like. <sighs> Clark, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, do you think the same is true as Prince Adam? Like, he can't... No. Oh. Because none of those characters are developed at all. Oh, okay. There's just... Tila's maybe like, hey, where's it going? <laughs> but his secret identity was just totally... And his cat has a secret identity, too. That's so weird. Boy. <laughs> Why does his cat have a battle secret cat. identity? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Cringer, but he's got a mask and a saddle on, so cl- cannot it cannot be, be the, same, the person, same green and yellow same, striped tiger. Same cat. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. There are a dime a dozen here in Eternia. <laughs> um, I, I can't answer your question. Oh, at okay. least I don't want to move forward until I can. I'm sure there's a lot of great examples that are completely slipping my mind right now, but um, I, you know what? I, I say this without experience because i honestly don't know if i've watched an entire episode but Hmm. maybe spongebob squarepants oh sure um i like spongebob that's so like solid it's been on so long it has been and it's proved its um ability to last of course this cg movie will kill it right oh Um, boy (laughs) thanks for stopping by keanu to see us off right uh and it's funny from what i understand and well performed and creative and it's for all ages yes um and everything that entails, you know, adult jokes, kid jokes. So, yeah, maybe that. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. It's a, it's a mite better than uh, the, the, the Granny trying to hit. She hits Sylvester with her umbrella. Yeah. And, and the, then the, Tweety Bird gets and away. And the pipe, the, the pipe part of the, the metal part of the umbrella is like a cat shape when it comes back oh, up. Sure. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Tweety Bird's wh- just gaslighting Granny and they're like thinking that. Great. Um, do you are you looking forward to the new Space Jam movie? Or? No, no, God, no, no, no. I can't. I'm, I can't look backwards to the old one. Fair. I mean, 
don't you think that the old one came at the right time, right yeah. place? Yeah. Um, one point three billion dollars of merchandise. Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what, what a, speaking of sports, what a dropped ball. Oh, basketball? Yeah, no, Space Jam 2. Oh, Space Jam 2. Yeah. What I, was the problem? I don't I don't know. I know like, the first one was drubbed it? critically. It didn't even really make a lot of money in the theater, but it led to millions of and maybe they're sweetening that up. Maybe they're just they're just adding like WB store profits into that. How do you know if it's right. a bug sale or specifically a bugs? It is Jim Shorts, his basketball shorts from Space Jam sale. Like, right. is this just Lola Bunny real dolls that Jeez. we're talking about here? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, like it that meant that much in sales. I know. It's like these movies. Like, why do they keep making these Transformers movies? Because they do fantastic in China. People love them. Yeah. They make more yeah. money than they do here. Yeah. So, like, just make Space Jam too. It get Bugsy Moogs. It doesn't matter who wants. If Jordan doesn't want to do it, it doesn't matter. Just get right, anybody. Right, right. Get somebody else. Get in there and, and do it. Yeah. Um, make Charles Barkley the main guy or something like that. Like he was he was in the first one. So yeah, focus on somebody yeah, else. Yeah, he was he was a he was a a, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, I know what you're doing. That supposedly his dog was maybe named after Charles Barkley. He's li- yeah, he's literally okay. Anyway, it's Muggsy Bogues. I said Bugsy Moogs, but I have dyslexia. So. It's all good. Um, okay. But I do like Jekyll Morton. I think that he's you know he is the goat. <laughs> goat. I wish okay. I could have reversed the letters of goat on the fly as well, but you wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Just Enough Trump Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. And a low energy Sunday. Uh-oh. Let's bring it up. Let's bring it up a couple notches. Bring up the energy. <laughs> Come on, guys. We got to get it up. We got to get right. the energy All right. All right. Do I sound like I'm like an NPR um, spokesperson or something no. like that? No, you don't. Oh, okay. Although that would, you know, similar neighborhood. Okay. All right. But that's even... Even they turn it around because it's all like uh, the president decided to nuke Pyongyang today. It's all, but then as, as soon as it's time to sell something, like, come on, everybody, we need fourteen more people. Yeah. Call on, come on, call in, and it's us. And I always talk about how I I hate Pledge Week. I hate it. Yes, mostly because I can't turn it off. I've already given, but there's no way out for me if they somehow broke into your broadcast and like stopped it, or you, you can enter a code into your radio and just. St- Stop hearing them beg for money. Yep. And these are professional broadcasters who have literally done this for 20, 25 years. Yep. And every time it's Pledge Week, it slows down to a crawl. Yep. And they can't even keep a dialogue going. And listeners to this show will know that I can talk about anything forever without barely taking a breath. But the second that it's time for them to talk about how people need to give their money, they're, it's all it's like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. Do, do we have the thing? Okay. Oh, yeah. So why, uh, Ju- Judy? Tell me why people should give. Oh, it's you know people should really give. It's so great. It's such yes. a break from Trump. You know, shot fire out of his butt today. And then, <laughs> I don't know. It's true, and um, they, they look unprofessional. This this past week was actually uh, Pledge Week. Oh God! I I, I thought I, I li- sensed a disturbance I in was, the force. I was listening to the radio, and it was like, well, they're chatty more than usual. That means it's Pledge yep. Week. Cl- flip over. Yep. Flip over so, to uh, the classic rock station. But for whatever reason, keep, keep I was I was stubborn and was like, I'm gonna just keep listening to it. And like, you hear like three songs, and then they're back, and it's like, oh, it's interminable. Oh, you're listening to the 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 radio station yeah i'm doing a great job i told you it's not only it's it's low energy sunday and it's complete it's brick 
to the head Sunday too. Uh-oh. I'm uh, I'm gonna try to get through this. Yeah, we're gonna do our best. And it's too bad too because we've got uh, a really great topic to talk about. We do. Yeah, but back to what you were saying. Uh, no, I just, um, <laughs> no. Seriously though, but you're on. So they're in our station uh, town. There, we are an NPR town. Yes, we are. And we have three different ones. We have a classical station. Yep. A talking news, and then a take it. Uh, it's it's called the current, and it has like new music, but it has like classical rock. And well, stuff like I guess that too, people already so. know where we live. Okay, so well, there you go. You could have just said it's modern alternative. Okay, sorry, modern alternative, adult alternative. Yeah, but not that's that conjures visions of train. It's is what is it? It's the um, kind of show where some we got some DJ with a weird British accent comes on, and he'll play James Brown. The Kinks and Bikini Kill, like in a three three play. Yeah, right, right. Maybe throw some Lana and then Del send Ray us off to there. twenty minutes of um, museum endorsements or <laughs> sure. local theater ads or yeah, whatever. Don't exactly. tell me there's no ads. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, they actually. So this this pledge week or what have you? They, you know, like um, how like soccer teams have like they'll have like knitted like scarves sure. for their team and like rah rah you know rah rah yes so like for the three different uh stations they have different knitted scarves that have the names of the stations and it's supposed to get people to rally behind like their favorite like oh i like news oh i like classical that, you know what the competition is have they done that before that's a good idea they have i don't think they have before i think this is a new thing oh. so um <laughs> again this has been going for like 60 years. I know. It's, when was the grant for the... It was LBJ, right? That did the Probably. grant for public uh, arts or whatever? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's been almost 60 years. Yeah. This is what they came up with yes. just now. Yes, exactly. I think my point is made. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Today we'll be talking about all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. And we're also going to be talking about a very special subject. Yes. Uh, just a few days ago, the night, uh, the twenty first, actually, was the anniversary of the death of Dwayne McDuffie. Yes. Now I'll say this: the day before that was Dwayne McDuffie's birthday. So it's like, oh. why celebrate his death? Well, we were celebrating his birthday too. <laughs> if you I just didn't realize that, depending that's on, I don't harsh. know if it's twenty one hours, twenty two hours. I don't know wow. how long it was, but anyway, wow, that's uh, rough. Yeah, but it makes it really easy. It's like Shakespeare, I guess. Right. I didn't, Shakespeare died around his birthday too. Didn't he? Um, I believe you, you. would have believed me right up to that I, point. I believe you. You would have believed me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Dwayne McDuffie, if you don't know, was a comic book writer, yeah. uh, a television writer. Mm-hmm. He was in. Um, he worked in animation. He was an animator, but he wrote for animation. Yes. Uh, he created the TV show Static Shock. He worked on the TV show uh, Ben Ten, mm-hmm. uh, Justice League. Yes. And Justice League Unlimited. Yes. Um, the Warner Brothers shows. And also um, wrote some of the DC movies, uh, mm-hmm. the DC recent DC animated movies. Sure. And he created a comic book company called Milestone Media, mm-hmm. which was owned and operated by minority creators. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the list of things that he, I should, I should have a list somewhere. In fact, I, I think I can find one when we get to the segment. But okay. The list of good. things that he created or contributed to is. Ridiculous. What I um here's I'll give you this now because we probably will keep this out of the segment. But yeah. what I like the most about him is he's a guy who thought about media and he thought about the kinds of things that we think about on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, the tropes, um, the the meta storytelling aspect. Yes. Just the weird idea that we're all watching this little screen like our entire lives. Right. And as such, he came up with 
the Tommy Westfall hypothesis. Is, that's the the kid with a snow globe, right? Yes, Tommy Westfall was a character. Uh, he was a son of one of the characters on Insane Elsewhere, and he was an autistic child. Yeah. And at the season finale of Insane Elsewhere, it yes. pulls back from the hospital, and it's revealed that the hospital is inside a snow globe that the kid is playing with. Yes. So none of the people are real. No, because like I I don't remember the scene exactly. I did watch it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the kid's dad is like, well, I'm going to work. And he does not have like a doctor's coat on. It becomes clear that this is right. another reality. Like sure. this is, yeah. And all well and good. Uh, weird flex, but okay. Yeah. And, but that stuck with uh, people like me and like Dwayne. And he, on a blog post, basically like said, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Because... Characters from other shows have crossed over with, with St. Elsewhere. Elsewhere. People from St. Elsewhere have been in other shows. Yes. That means that in those shows, if people from other shows have been in those shows, like if the Lenny and Squiggy uh, and, and Laverne and Shirley show up on Happy Days, then they're in the same world, right? Right. You're and people have gone and created charts and things like yes. that. And have proved, proven essentially that every... Every single TV show like mm-hmm. ever is connected, mm-hmm. except Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> well, future space, so right, yeah, and maybe I don't know Star Trek. Maybe, maybe not. I bet you could find Detective Munch hanging out in uh, Star I was Trek gonna somewhere. say he he isn't he like one of the characters who like has shown up on like the most shows yes. or something like that. Yeah, yes, yeah. So uh, Arrested Development, yes, and a lot of stuff. Yes. So anyway, um, yeah, it's just it's amazing. That's the kind of creative guy that he was. Uh, and that's what really fueled his uh, creativity. And he was a smart guy and a funny guy. And so, yeah, we just um, thought on this eve of his birth uh, and his passing that we yes. would honor him. And um, that's what we're going to do today by talking about. We had a lot of choices. Yes, uh, we, we could did. have looked at any one of his comic books, mm-hmm. um, Status Shock, uh, but we decided to look at his cartoons and to look at specifically a couple episodes of the Justice League cartoon. Yes. And so we'll be talking about that, uh, episodes that he wrote, and of course he contributed heavily to the storylining of that series. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how they did it because there's, like any show, it's credited to one or two people, but right. I'm sure that there was a Multiple writer's writers. room environment where sure. they were bouncing things off each other. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, these are a couple episodes with his names on them. Yes. And we will be talking about that later. Exactly. <sighs> Anything else? Uh... Strong start. <laughs> It's a strong start, guys. It was really good. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Sunday. I'm Sunday really, really feeling it. Uh, <laughs> you need a, a shock. Yes. A static shock. A static shock. To get us going. Yeah. Into the news. Let's talk Flat Earth. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> if we must, we must. Uh, I guess we have to. Sorry. Okay. Uh, right. the right. One of the most famous Flat Earthers. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know this, but... Uh, a guy named Mad Mike Hughes mm-hmm. uh, has died. He was a flat earth advocate. Mm-hmm. And his plan, what he wanted to do was create his own rocket. See, he's not going to he's not gonna let the man tell you Get into what his to head. do. Right. Yeah. Forget these photographs of Earth from space. Forget the fact that GPS exists as a technology. <laughs> Forget the fact that when a ship sails away, you can't see it anymore. Right. Uh, he's gonna. He wants to see it with his own eyes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. He has faith that the Earth is flat, and I would say, couldn't you then also have faith that it's round, since everybody knows that it's round? Yeah, I and, know. And many 
experiments can prove that it's round. Right. Why do shadows move? Lots of good stuff. Yes. Anyway, his plan was he built. He was going to build his own rocket. He's done mm-hmm. this a couple times. Mm-hmm. Launch it and dot 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 profit. Right. Right. Because he was going to prove that it was flat somehow. I'm sure he's been in a tall building. Sure. When he looked to the horizon. Yes. And he didn't see Tokyo. Didn't he think, huh? Well, that's that's one against me. Obviously not. <laughs> well, I don't want to ridicule him uh, on the weekend of his death, but that's what he was doing. He was in one of his rockets. Uh, he launched it. I think the parachute failed. Um, and yeah, he, he was passed away. And he was crowdfunded by people. I blame all of them for his death. Yeah. Uh, he not? was, they were filming the launch for a Science Channel series, Homemade Astronauts. And I blame them for his death, too. Uh, yeah, couldn't somebody have, like, stepped in and, like, helped? No, or, like, many okay. people stepped in. Okay. Galileo, Archimedes. Well, yeah, <laughs> People I know. have been ste- just stepping in and stepping in and stepping in. That's fair. Um, I think it's, like, bad news that he tried to build his own rocket. Well, I just don't know. How high did he think that he needed to get? Right. Like, what, what does he think? Do you know anything about Flat Earthers? I'll tell you, uh, I don't know why they believe this. I don't either. Except for, you know, I get distrusting authority. Mm-hmm. I get seeing is believing. I get all that. Right. But I also get, like, I've never been to Korea, but I, I understand that kimchi comes from somewhere. Right. And my friend Mike comes from somewhere. Like, right. I, I know that Korea is real. I don't need to see it. Right, right, right. So you can just look on, like schedules of airline flights and go well, where are these flights going like i've people who have flown to australia what are they just being sitting in a box and you shake it back and forth no and then a guy comes on and he goes on oh, the cabin service will be starting soon <laughs> like but they literally believe that they believe that australia isn't real some of them do okay and that if you call there it, the calls are routed to an office somewhere where people say good day when they pick up the phone right Right. Well, and then you would think, wouldn't like satellite videos be like sufficient or is that fake. like... It's all computer. Oh, it's okay. Right. It's fake. It's the government. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would be interested to, to know how high he was planning on going. I would prove. be interested to know, speaking of flat circles, the overlap of the circles between people that think the moon landing was faked and people that think that the earth is flat because they are not one circle. I bet that they, that is a Venn no, diagram. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. And if you believe that the moon landing was faked but don't believe flat earth, why? Yeah, good point. We think that Buzz, Buzz Aldrin is a fraud and a charlatan. Right. They, he might actually be. But, they they uh, filmed it on a sound. He walked stage. on the moon though. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kubrick did. Right, right, right. <laughs> I saw a cartoon that was great. It was like... Um, it wasn't that the the mystery was that not that uh, Kubrick uh, agreed to film the moon landing, but that he wanted to do 139 takes. <laughs> and the astronauts right. were exhausted. <laughs> Is this how you want it, Mr. Kubrick? Please over. <laughs> so um, look, uh, I think you have to take the good with the bad as far as people go, and you can still salute the human spirit, and so we salute. Mad Mike Hughes for striving to yeah, reach a goal, right? Which is easily disprovable. Yeah, <laughs> but still, <laughs> uh, a hero to some. Yes. 
Wow. How do you come back from that? I, I don't know. I That's kind of depressing. Yeah, maybe we should just say aloha and end the episode. Mahalo? Yeah. Um, you can say aloha, say hello and goodbye, right? Yeah, and melakalikimaka uh, yeah, right. is the wise way to say Merry Christmas. Right. Here's This will depress you. Uh, oh, boy. Benioff and Weiss, the dudes behind <laughs> Game of Thrones, oh. are co-producing a Sandra O oh Netflix series. Oh, no. Oh, yes. No, Sandra O. Oh. Say no. Just say no. Transparent's Jay Duplass is poised to star. So we've got oh. the Benioffs. we got the Duplass brothers. No. Can we, like... Oh, um, there's a special delivery for Sandra O oh at the front desk. Let me see. Where's this delivery? Bag over the head. Yeah, drive just away. Get her out and of there. Just drive away from a burning studio. Yeah, I. Everyone I think... was claimed. <laughs> Controversial creators, Benioff and Weiss. Yes. Yeah. R.I.P. 2020. Wow. Yeah. I'd save her is what I'm saying. I I think but she so needs far to be everybody saved. else here this this looks like a set fire situation. This is this is bad, man. It's called the chair. It is a six episode dramedy, what? and it's going to revolve around the chair, not the puffy chair. That's a different class. Thinking movie. of that actually, <sighs> kind of history with those guys. Yeah, we're gonna have to rumble it out. Just mu- sorry, mumble it out. Ooh. Let's get ready to mumble. <laughs> The chair of an English department at a large university. Oh, okay. I get it. Could be good. If she gets stung by a bee, she'd be the puppy chair. Oh, my gosh. I'm ready to move wow. on. Okay. Yes, let's. <laughs> Although I want you to say something on this next one. Okay. Uh, so it was neck and neck. It was a race. It was a sled race. But you don't race Sonic. And it looks like Sonic is going to beat out Call of the Wild for this weekend. Well, good. By a pointy black nose. What do you think that Sonic's nose is like? Is wet? Oh my gosh! I don't know. It, it be like, oh, like yeah, a, maybe. Like a dog's nose. Yeah. Um, I think he's. And he'd be like, "Hey, I'm not Pinocchio." <laughs> Some of the quips. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, but like, why did they decide for Call of the Wild? Why did they decide? Let's make the dog huge. To make a human being run around on all fours and then turn him into a dog? You saw that, right? No, I think I... Well, I know we've got our show art. Wow. I think I must have marked that They gollumed the dog. That's that's weird. Yeah. Why why would you do that? We have dogs. We have the technology. Yeah. (laughs) We have the feats. Oh, my gosh. The toe bean feats. Wow. Yeah. Um... I'm just weirded out by it because I think one thing about this movie, um, when I saw the first trailer, because I've heard of Call of the Wild. It's a pretty, you know, it's a classic book. Um, I haven't actually read it, but I, you know, can understand. (laughs) I know a little bit about what it's about. But when I saw this first trailer, for I didn't think Call of the Wild, like, it, like, it, to me, it it doesn't like like act upon like the classicness of the book. Like it's just it's like gonna it's trying to go in like a different direction, and I don't understand why. What's the classicness of the book? Well, isn't like is the is the dog like a wolf in the book or um, no? no? Okay, um, I don't know. It just I just don't feel like. They're um I think that they're 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 trying to go in a different direction than the book is actually going. 
Um, I agree. Is that like, okay. Mostly because all of Jack London's stuff is fatalistic. It sits firmly in that turn of the... I never know who's which one is turning. Is the old one turning or is the new yeah, one turning? I don't know. Who's holding the scythe? Here? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, yes, it was a real popular wave of like realism, right? Sure. Naturalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, p- pitting depressing novels about man fighting against the elements, man fighting right. against nature, and that's what his books are. <laughs> and then, yeah, and they're kind of depressing. Yeah. And then you make that into a Disney movie. And Come on, just, Buck. Like, I love you, Buck. Yeah. It's like, you know, making a, a Bukowski novel into, a, you know, a teen sex party. Yeah, it's weird. It's just, it's off-putting. And it's it's one of those books that um, it technically is for kids, but it's, I feel like you can go into a bookstore and you'll find it in the kids section, but you also find it like in the adult section. Call the Wild? Yeah. I guess you it's one of those so? like teen classics. Like Penguin would have a line. Okay, sure. Of teen Tessa the maybe not that one, but you know, I mean, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, which uh, literature that all comes from the same block of time. Right. What's going to happen when I'm, this is not a old man yelling in a cloud thing? What's going to happen when we? Because uh, I've already noticed this. All I'm a little behind because I grew up. You know, liking the things that my parents' generation did, which sure. I know we all did, but I took it back a little bit. So, like, I like all this like Henny Youngman humor and <laughs> like the the original Carol Burnett show. Oh and, yeah, and all this stuff. And so, um, there's a lot of references. The references in that are like they're doing like a Gone with the Wind. I know Gone with the Wind just recently came back into the zeitgeist. Yeah, I know, I know. I know I mean, pretend doing. this was recorded before, and I'm a genius. Uh, all these like c- cultural touchstones that are almost a hundred years old now. Yeah, that can't last forever. The few millennial friends I have don't understand those references, no, and I'm not they saying don't. they should. I'm not saying they should. Right, right, right. But like when Tom sticks the shotgun in the in the mouse hole, and then Jerry bangs a hole in the wall, and he bends the gun so it comes out and it's pointing at Tom's head. Right. Kids know about that because it's a meme, but they don't know what it's from, and right. they don't know why that shotgun is bent, and right. they don't know. That you can just hook your finger in a mouse hole and you can drag it. Did you know that? <laughs> well, since I've watched those cartoons. I don't know how we got yeah. here. But the point is, uh, Call the Wild. Yeah, it's uh, they, they Disney-fied it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that takes away from the story. You know what takes away from the story? What? Weird interpretations of characters like Anne with an E. Oh, boy. Moving into its 18th season. That's not true. On Netflix. <laughs> Third or fourth season. Which least. I was surprised. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but I was just flipping through. I think I watched the trailer for it. And, yeah. And uh, with a... With an uh, E. Yeah. It's very good. No. You got you to gotta, you gotta nail the main role. And I didn't think their Anne was, was any good. No. And there was no. a couple other like actors, child actors. And she was like, I think she's got like a Eastern Indian friend now. I, <laughs> it's I, like, okay, yeah. but I mean, okay. All right. Right. B- but... What? Yeah, I know. It, it these two, these two young actresses were not. They're like, let's get a peanut butter sandwich, and then the adults are like, oh, you know, we don't have any peanut butter sandwiches here in in right. Green Gables. Right. <laughs> like, well, did you tell the kids to act? Yeah, right. Like, did you tell the kids this is a different time and they need to let's keep beating themselves? up on kids? Oh boy! <laughs> did you see the leaked Batman uh, footage? 
Uh, the footage? Yeah. No, I don't think I did. Well, I, I've, saw, I've seen the first looks of Pattinson. It's a good thing your like, chair is on a swivel. Oh, boy. Because you're going to look at the Just Enough Trope Monitor. Yes. Got a better name. Trope Trope Monitor. Okay. And you're going to um, see a picture of Robert Pattinson's stunt double. Okay. In the Batman costume. So peep, yes. peep them ears. Yeah, those those ears are very pointy. They are. They're super pointy. They are. Um, if you threw bat, if Bane threw Batman into a wall, he'd stick. <laughs> this looks like the Bat Cycle. Yes. You can see uh, he's wearing hockey pads. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a low tech suit, or you know, yeah. Um, that's just some other stuff. And well, then the video, he he crashes the bike, but apparently he was okay. Okay. So people are wondering, like, what what are the things? What are these? Oh, those look like darts or something on like his, that uh, on his on like, his wrist. Yeah, wrist guards. Yeah. They look like like maybe like poison darts or I've something. I've heard zip like ties. Oh. Don't like don't cops have like zip tie holders that are like that so they can deploy them real fast? Um maybe, yeah. I guess I could see that. Like maybe he could like zip cops. tie like criminals, like he just points it at them and it goes around their wrists or something like that. Or if they say, Are those hockey pads? Uh, and I love how I love how the put ears on his cycle are pointy too. I know, right? It's all on brand. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I think it looks okay. Um, I I, I know I, that it's been pointed out that there's like the bat symbol on his chest and it looks like made out of guns. So I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that. And like people have speculated, is it the specific gun that killed his parents? Um, You're just talking about something we already talked about. Well, um, Do you know that Matt Reeves directed The Pallbearer in 1996. Isn't that uh, one of David the worst Schwimmer films movie? I've ever seen? I don't think I ever saw I it. I don't think. I think. Uh, I you know I love walking out of movies. I do. I think I just this was a VHS. I think I just turned it off. I didn't even like go fold my laundry. I was just like, no. Ah, uh, I no. am done. Yeah. Okay. So I'm all looking right. forward to this. Oh, boy. No, he well, did all those eight movies that people go, oh, something over. We should really come up with a saying for that. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. There's so many things that um, depend. Uh, a Batman movie depends on so many things, what I'm saying, to be good. This is true. I don't know what those things are. And that's the problem. Nobody does. Do you think having like the- Nipples point- on the bats. Yes, you must. No, the, the pointy ears on the bat cycle. Do you think that like- increases the likeliness of him impaling himself on oh yeah i'm just bike. gonna say like I, I definitely think the video that that stuntman is dead <laughs> they oh told us God. he's fine he is definitely dead <laughs> now they're just made out of paper mache or something okay, like that. i'm sure, sure. They're, they're they crumple <laughs> did i ever say it sonic made like 26.3 million and call of the wild made 25 okay so call of the wild is a flop you know why why it cost 125 million dollars <gasps> to make because they, t- they took a person to animate a dog. That's why. Yeah. Why would they do that? I got no idea. Oh, my goodness. You love your streaming services, don't you? Uh, it depends. Well, they're about to get somewhat smaller. Uh-oh. The universe of streaming services. Comcast wants to buy Voodoo. Oh, boy. Now, did you know that Voodoo is owned by Walmart? I did not know that. No, Voodoo. It's like, you know, like Pepsi when they don't have Coke. Uh, voodoo is like uh, when nobody else has the movie. We need to watch a Dolph Lundgren movie. Voodoo. Yeah, right, right. Which is weird. It should be like all voodoo related content. So the serpent <laughs> and the rainbow, live and let die. Right. 
You stretch it, maybe like Treme, the HBO series that said in New Orleans. Uh, sure. Hard Target. There you go. All Creole slash, you know, the 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 American voodoo experience. Sure. I'm so f- please be on help voodoo. me out of this. Um I'm impaled on pointy eared motorcycle. Okay, wow. Um I'm kinda curious as to why Comcast is like uh voodoo is it because it's owned by walmart like why why voodoo why they have to they... because they don't comcast is nbc universal right mm, it's, it's yeah, all cable yeah. town yeah, yeah yeah and so they have a share but not a controlling share no no yeah in hulu right yes because disney control controls hulu or yes. has the controlling shares so they need to make a move to diversify and probably to get split a... off try okay. to get out of uh, up from under the thumb of the, the big, big white mouse. glove. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's pretty good, but I like big white glove. Yeah. Why not like Tubi or something like that? Why? <laughs> why? Boo-boo? Why not? Why not Tubi? Yeah. Why not Bilbo? Yeah. Why not Wingwong? <laughs> why not Zap Zapper? I feel like anybody could make up the, the name of a streaming what was, service. What was the birth control? Uh, yes, it was. That was. It. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what? You're not going to uh, remember this because, uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, there was there was a short-lived birth control okay. called Yaz. Oh no, I remember seeing oh, those remember? ads. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> or should I say yes instead of yes? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. No, okay. That's not where that came from. Uh, 10, 10, 15 years later, uh, the person who contr- created Yaz heard somebody go, Yaz, queen, and they're like, that's the missing link. <laughs> It's too late. It's too late now. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yes, I do remember. Yes. <laughs> it might be still around. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. So, but how could it be? Um, there. You'd be surprised. The that... commercial and like a bunch of women coming out. They're like, we're gonna paint. We're gonna get paint all over stuff. Yeah. And maybe my mind just makes me think the paint was red. That'd be. Nobody's that dumb, right? Yeah. They're just painting all kinds of colors. But keep the idea of staining liquids out of your birth control I agree. commercials, right? I agree. I know they don't have anything to do. But you know, that's just the whole I know. idea of... Am yeah. I doing a good job? You're doing fine. I don't feel like I'm doing a good You're job You're doing good. Today. Yeah. You know who's doing a good job? Who? Brought it right back. HBO Max Uh-oh. is going to produce a Friends special. Oh boy! I don't Reuniting know how I feel about that. The entire cast. Okay. All right. Um, I, people will watch it. Um, boy, is your face red, Netflix? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I if they're in like a court is case, is it like, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but truth? <laughs> All right, we're good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, a lot of people are excited about this. I'm not. Um, I I used to love Friends like a lot when it was originally on. A long time ago, a long there time used ago. to be Friends. Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't really care right now oh, like, sorry. what's okay, going we'll on, on with them. So, so. Um, I guess it's a big news story, though. We are though, not so. talking about that anymore. <laughs> I guess it's a big news story. I feel like this is subtle criticism of me. No, it's not. It really isn't. There, Lucasfilm has announced a new Star Wars film that's being developed. Okay. Do we know anything about it? Here's what we know. Okay. We know that slight, slight writer-director... J.D. Dillard and Luke Cage writer Matt Owens 
are teaming up to create this film. That tells me next to nothing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Why are is Star Wars like like having like four or five different films and they don't know what they're doing? Yeah. Okay. That's why. Isn't Catherine Kennedy or Kathleen Kennedy? Isn't she supposed to be like at the wheel with this stuff? I don't know if that's is that all she does. She must do other stuff, right? Or is she just... I thought she was just Star Wars Star, lady. Just do Star Wars. I, that's what I thought. I mean, it's a big enough property that probably... Somebody needs to mine the store. Well, we probably have a couple people doing it. But. Yeah, yeah. I still think that Kevin Feige is like a jump ship. Oh, you do? Yeah. From his Star Wars movie? Look, I know the guy's got a couple comics in his basement, but he, he is a Star Wars fan. He loves Star that's Wars. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd be surprised. That always makes people objective. Yeah, I know. Uh, we don't know anything about it. Uh, from what I know, it's a development, but not green lit. So it's just weird. It's it's. Here's what I like about it, even though I wasn't too impressed with uh, Luke Cage, the show, and I don't really know anything about Slight. No. But um, one of them, I think J.D. Dillard is a minority creator, or maybe from the Luke Cage thing. Okay. Again, am I doing a good job this week? <laughs> Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited that these aren't people that we know. Oh. What? You just you just grown. I feel like there was more. I've never heard of these guys. But I guess if Slight was like, oh, well, that's pretty good. We got to get him in here. Then it's just another Ryan Johnson, uh, Gareth Edwards yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, not terribly excited about it, but <sighs> yeah. Um, well, here's a real pro. Hmm. The guy's name's Eli Roth. And he's oh, making a Borderlands boy. movie. Wow. For Lionsgate. Now, it's kind of one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to, don't care about Eli Roth. No. Uh, don't care. All Lionsgate movies are bad for the most part. Mm-hmm. Is Gemini Man a Lionsgate movie? Uh, probably. And uh, Borderlands. Yeah. It's kind of fun to play, but I mean, there's and there's a lot of story there. I don't know if it'd be a good movie or not. Here's the story. Well, yeah. In the future, there yes. is a planet that's not Earth. People have colonized it. There's all kinds of crazy creatures on it. And yeah. then, like, it's sort of Old Westy. And right. people come there to seek their fortune. And supposedly there's a vault that is rumored to exist that um, has all the jewels or ice cream in it or whatever. <laughs> sure. It's a refrigerator uh, vault. Um, yeah. Do you think... That um, we're going to see more video game movies yes. with Sonic doing yes. well. Yes, we'll see what how Free Guy does. Yeah. I know it's not based on anything specific, right? But, but I, I, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, if Eli Roth wasn't doing this, would you be more excited about it? Because Maybe he's he's like a horror movie guy, right? <laughs> yes, but that's basically what he's made his nut on. Or... Can you not? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Did you say baby nut? Did you say baby nut? No. <laughs> yeah, but he's also shown, he's done other stuff and he's shown no skill as a director okay. or writer. Right. He's just a guy, I'm, I'm assuming that his family has money, who just grew up loving horror movies and has the crazy self-confidence of a rich white guy. Right. And that there's Hollywood. Like yeah. that's the 90% of Hollywood. Yeah. Well, not anymore, baby because they're doing a reboot of Kung Fu. What? Yes. Kung Fu. Uh, forgive me uh, if I don't get these uh, exactly right, but Zima 
and Kang Huatan are two actors who are starring in the reboot on the CW of Kung Fu. What was the original Kung Fu? It was a TV show. It was a TV show? In the 1970s. Oh, okay. David Carradine. David Carradine. Okay. Okay. Who's David Carradine? Uh, he he was Bill and Kill yes. Bill. Okay, yes. Yeah. And so why would that's like why would we stunt cast this guy as an old kung fu guy? Yeah, if, right. Right. He right. was Kwai Chan King. He was. It's here's the, okay. The, why do we talk about the rest of this stuff? Lead buried. Here we are. This is this is our meat. This is our bread and butter and our dumplings right here. Okay. He was a white guy. Obviously. It's Iron Fist. Yeah, it's yeah, Iron yeah, Fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a white guy who lives in the old west times. He was trained by the master. And now he wanders the earth. It's like he said, speaking of Tarantino, yeah. at the end of uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, Jules is like, I'll be like, hey, you know, just you know, wander the earth. Sure. That's what he's talking about. Okay. And so he goes, he's like the Incredible Hulk. He goes from town to town. Sure. They're like, we don't want your kind here. He's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And then like, bah, 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 and he beats a bunch of guys through. and some they need help with the farm or something. And then like the bandits come and he beats him up. He's got to go. Okay. All right. Um, well, it sounds good that they're they're redoing it with actors who are yes. actually Asian. But oh, does it work at all? The whole premise is that it's a, a white, white guy learned kung fu. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, I mean, Shanghai Noon is kind of the flip, right? Mm. A Chinese guy's a cowboy. <laughs> right, 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 and right. For that, I think that that's the cleverest thing about that entire franchise. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you could just tell a story about whatever. I guess he's still at Kung, at Kung Fu, so people know what it is. Mm. But it's not really Kung Fu, and I'm not doing a thing. It's not about Kung Fu. I'm not, I'm not just saying. <laughs> if you update a racist premise, yeah, it's still kind of racist, isn't it? Or appropriative? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you've got, you've got a point there. I mean, you're not spike. You're not doing bamboozled. There's no way to take this back. Right. It's just like a not great idea that you're turning into. Oh no, it's good. Right. But there's a lot of things you could do. You could just do um, a, a a martial arts sitcom, and it doesn't have to be called Kung Fu. Yeah, you don't. Let's remake Soul Man. Yeah, right. And so a black student wants to get into Harvard, mm. but he wears white face so he can mm. pretend like he's uh, one of the administrators. Yeah. And then he moonlights as the student. Yeah, that's... His um, secret identity. Yeah. This is going to help. We got to destroy this. We got to destroy this. Yeah. So anyway, it'll be on the CW. Uh, and I, um, I want to check that out. I think it might be pretty good. Uh, speaking of things that are pretty good... Guess who's joining the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series on Disney Plus? Who? I'll give you one guess. Okay. Oh. 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 Um. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Superman. Um. Uh, Carl Lumley. The. Uh, yeah, the voice Martian of. Martian Yeah, No, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Okay. The voice punch of. Punch this. Punch this with your metal arm. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, who is he? he's a uh, live action actor, but also a voice act, actor. Um, he appeared, I believe, as John Jones's father on the CW uh, Supergirl series. Oh, really? Yes, because okay, mm, actor who you t- you would absolutely know him name I can't remember plays John on that series. But oh, okay. I had him come in and uh, play the grandfather. Okay, or cool. The, yeah, father of the father. Uh, yeah, so uh, he'll be in a uh, specified role, because <laughs> of course. Okay. On this show. 
interesting. You're talking about do him you, a little bit? Do you think he'll be like a soldier too? Because like they both have like background being soldiers and that sort of thing. Um, oh. <laughs> if there's, if you can think of uh, something that would just have a voice, maybe it's that. Oh, <laughs> if sure. They, if one of them has a computer that talks to them. Um, yeah. I don't want to. Col- you know, what's the opposite of color blind casting color vision casting yeah wrong show yeah right. uh, maybe he's related to sam in some ways maybe it's like sam's dad okay sure sure i mean we don't know much about sam's family we know and know i and, and nobody does because I, I think they jettisoned his backstory because his backstory in the comics is kind of problematic like oh he's a petty thief named snap wilson who was running with the gangs and had whoa. a zoot suit and I... a big hat with a feather in it it's like whoa i think it's a good thing they changed that then. uh who do we yell at for that yeah uh i think stan lee created falcon actually okay yeah stan lee and somebody else so. all right um so yeah we'll be looking forward to that uh what about this hmm. what about this what? what about the movie the saint what about the Val movie Kilmer? Dun, 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 dun. Don't he can I... look like anybody. Dun, 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 dun. Who's that guy in the beret and the Van Dyke and the John Lennon glasses? It couldn't be the Saint. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw the movie The Saint. The Saint is <laughs> oh boy. No, you ain't missing nothing. Okay, unless you see it, like it, and then want to talk about it on Craft of Services. Okay, uh, The Saint is a movie remake of a television show from the sixties. Okay. Um. Yeah, maybe late sixties, early seventies. That starred Roger Moore. Okay. As Simon Templar, the saint. Okay. He is a uh, orphaned boy who became a master thief. Sure. But he's also works for justice, and so he, you know, every, we're talking about fe- tra- uh, trends before. Uh huh. You know, oh, you rip your face off, and I'm somebody else. Yeah, right, I was right, really right. big at that time too. Sure. Uh, so it was like kind of a Mission Impossible type thing where he would have to okay. trick people. With disguises. Okay, sure. And be super charming because he's you know, Roger Moore. <laughs> of course. We didn't nail that with Val Kilmer in The Saint. We Uh-oh. didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> so they're going to try again. Oh, boy. It's going to be directed by Dexter Fletcher, who directed Rocket Man. And to be fair, so his name is on... Um, or no, his name isn't on Bohemian Rhapsody. That was the big fight, wasn't it? It's oh. still... But he took over for Brian Singer after oh, he was yeah, fired yeah. off of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, okay. So, and it's going to be at Paramount, so you know it's good. Oh, boy. Do we know who's starring as the saint yet? I don't think they have anything yet. Okay. Who, who's, your, who's your saint? Uh, oh, boy. Got to be really charming and disarming. Um, uh, what about what about James Marsden? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no? <sighs> I mean, Paramount, maybe they've got him on a... Old old style multi picture deal. Or something right, like. right, right. We own you. <laughs> we'll have you acting against CGI characters for the rest of your career. No. <laughs> what about Usher? He's in movies. Oh boy, is he? <laughs> yeah. He's well. an actor. I don't know if you. This guy's an actor. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Who would be a good? fit for this um for the saint yeah jason isaacs jason isaacs i'd actually watch that i i like that answer he's in the family well he is now cbs viacom family yeah yeah yeah. 
Um, put a funny wig on him and <laughs> put, a, put a Rasta <laughs> wig on him, and he's like, eh, no, "Oh no, <laughs> like, oh, oh this no. guy's fine. Let him through." <laughs> <laughs> to see jason isaacs and more things i think he's a talented guy even though maybe he's not necessarily the easiest to work with I don't know what he's doing oh that's not true is it not true he no i've never heard anything okay like that. i know right. that he he's there there is the, the that quality that he brings to his characters doesn't not exist in, in him. him you know right. he's not getting that from space but he saves it for you know the political enemies of America, you know, he's a he's a a very um, active tweeter and yes. tweets very vociferously against uh, the people in power who he's not a fan of, and he he saves it for that. Okay. You think, what you think he's got a bunch of dogs running around his house that no. are scared of him? No, 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 <laughs> with kick like marks that. on their sides. Nothing like that. No, no. Um, no. I guess I was just thinking of the tweets, so that's pretty harmless. So well, here we are at the bottom of the barrel. Oh boy! And it looks like Entertainment One. Uh-huh. who we uh, talked about in a previous story, um, who bought Hasbro, the toy company, right? has finally begun. The title of this article is Delving Into the Treasure Chest of Brands. Oh, boy. Wow. Wow. They bought the company for $3.8 billion. That's a lot of money. And they've been looking through the treasure chest of IP. And here are the toys they found. Uh-oh. Dungeons and Dragons, G.I. Joe, Power Rangers, Action Man and Transformers. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What was the first one you mentioned again? It was like Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Do you think that like Dungeons and Dragons toys are like super popular? Like figurines that you use for gaming? Yes. But like, is there like a huge following for like toys that are, are marketed towards gamers? Like, there are sets, and I mean, it's hard to sell a doll or an action figure mm. of D and D because there's no, I, I there's no, you know, I don't like this. Like we we know we right, remember right, the D and D cartoon show, but there's yeah. no like D and D property that's on every week. Right. I, fantasy is is weird, and it's a tough road to hoe. Sometimes uh, it's a tough spell to learn or whatever, and. <laughs> And so you don't see a lot of fantasy, and when you do, it doesn't, you know, like everybody loved Gallivant and well, right. like two seasons or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, or like Merlin or, mm-hmm. or um, Earthsea or whatever. Or so, magicians or something like that. Yeah, but then like people were crapping themselves for Beauty and the Beast back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think that there's so many outlets now, and there are so many, so many of them are owned by so few companies. That you, there, you have to be able to create a lane for something like this. Mm-hmm. You have the Dungeons and Dragons show. You call yeah. it Dungeon. We're, we're comfortable with colons now. So Dungeons and Dragons colon uh, Neverwinter Nights. Sure. Tap the Neverwinter Nights property. Sure. And then you, you know, you center on a couple of the characters. You, they have a party. Sometimes they, you know, like roll dice or something like that. Right, but right, just, right. It's a story of intrigue. That instead of has ray guns in space, it just has swords and taverns and things like that. Yeah, I think that that I would mean, work. That's happening right now on Netflix with The Witcher. Yeah. But The right. Witcher is only successful. It's not because of the quality of the show, that's for sure. Yeah, I said it. It's only <laughs> successful because of a bunch of people that played. Like, you know, this game has made $500 million. Millions of people have played yes. it. And so they're all showing up to watch the show. Yeah, right. No, but just I, think of all the people that know 
Dungeons and Dragons or just like Dungeons and or Dragons. Yeah, but I think you're on to something like in, in order for it to be successful as a toy line, you have to make it more specific. And in order to make it more specific, you need to have like a cartoon or a show that follows a specific group of people. Right. Yes. Mernick. Mernick. The half dark elf. Sure. He has a destiny. He has a ruby pendant that was given to him by his uh, nursemaid that was raising him as a child. Sure, yeah. But it turns out the nursemaid was actually his mother. He won't know that until the end of season two. <laughs> and she told him that he had a destiny. She was eaten by cobbled gone, right? Uh-huh. And so he is seeking to find this destiny, but he's taking a wrong turn. Hey! So now he is, you know, he's slumming it. And he's an apprentice in the Thieves Guild, sure. but he hates his job because everybody's a jerk and they're stealing and he's trying to get out of this. And he meets a ragtag band of adventurers, a dragonborn, we don't know the budget for that, a human, <laughs> uh, uh, we can oh, get a short actor, a halfling. And an elf. <laughs> right. Yeah. We can yeah. do ears. Right. And then they all like, you know, it's, it's done. It writes itself. Yeah. Yeah. Renee Echeverria is kind of doing it right now on uh, Carnival Row. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I understand. Really not saying. really. Yeah. That was disappointing. I, I was... wish it was more intriguing. Okay. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this about that show. Hmm. I think it's too smart. Really? Here's what I mean by that. Please explain. I think the premise is too obsessed with being smart. Oh. I think it would be cool to have World, World War One or what is it like Hussar type soldiers mm. fighting fairies. Good enough. But they're like, let's put a social, what's, what's the social yeah. element? Yep, yep. Is this girl with a bustle going to make it with this minotaur or whatever? It's, come on. Just. I know. Get to the good stuff. Yeah, these I people, agree. Are these, are these pig men going on strike? It's like, I see what you're doing. I think, you know, it's smart, but it's too smart. Who, who cares? Well, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, read, I read so many books about fairies. I would love to watch a show about fairies but like make it more intriguing and Sabrina's kind of about fairies they're just demons instead of fairies right well you you do make it's a, a good show point. where yeah. uh, an attractive young witch heroine yeah with a with a potential with a a, a blessed uh, bloodline you know what uh-huh. i mean with with a with a legacy bloodline yes uh has to deal with all these creatures and powers that want to manipulate her and each other yep it's just hellfire and pitchforks instead of uh, wings and uh, no, it's fairy true. gates or whatever. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. So that's why you like it. Yes, that oh, is why God, I like I it. I finally understand. Wow, really? remember where you were when you heard that Dwayne McDuffie had passed. I did. I was at work and I was listening to a podcast because that's work now. Yeah. Side commentary. (laughs) Sociopolitical. Do any of us, we're all worried about our jobs. Yeah. But like none of us, we can all be replaced, right? (laughs) Wow. I mean, people like him, like Dwayne McDuffie can't be replaced. He's writing and creating all this stuff. Right. we're all just punching buttons, right? Wow. I don't know. I hate, <laughs> I can't to, wait. hate to say that. Hey, we didn't care when car workers lost their jobs because robots took them, but pretty soon a robot inside a computer is going to be doing what you do, and then good luck. Oh, boy. Let's talk about Dwayne McDuffie. Yes. <laughs> I was listening to a pot, a very, I won't name them, a very famous podcast, though, 
um, by two comics um, journalists. Mm -hmm. And I usually, (laughs) I discovered them late. Now, this was nine years ago now. Mm. I don't even know if they're still on. But Mm. at that time, I discovered them and they had been on for like five or six years. Sure. And this was kind of a boring job I was doing. So I was listening through to like six or seven years of their show. Sure. And hearing things as we went. So I remember like when New 52 was announced mm. on their show and I'm sure. like, oh, that's what year we're in. Okay. And hearing their reactions to that. And I either got to present day or I just decided to listen to one of their recent episodes um, instead of them talk about Flashpoint or whatever. Sure. And I remember them commenting on uh, Dwayne McDuffie dying and being like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, right. Hold the phone. Yeah. What are you talking about? It was just so sudden. He was 49. Yeah, he was really and young. yeah, it was out of nowhere, mm. and it was just you know it was it was shocking because he he had done so much stuff. Uh, not a lot of people knew like his name or knew him specifically, but he had done so many things that I liked and appreciated. Yeah, um, sure. and was into, and uh, and yeah, I mean that that was it. He was gone. Do we know now, like what, why he passed? Like, what was the the cause? Of- uh, officially, well, I mean, officially, it's you know he died from complications of surgery, but oh man, that's I, rough. I don't know for sure, but I he I think he had like a heart attack or like a cardiac thing that required emergency surgery. Sure, and, and then complications, and they just that. weren't able to yeah to bring it home. So isn't that just scary though? Like, I mean, I I, I think that we. As humans, we 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 know to a certain extent that there's there's always, um, you know, a possibility of things not going well with surgery. But it's really scary when it actually happens. I think when you're 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 doing something to try to save your life or make your life better, and and then something awful happens. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty good at knowing when we need to do stuff. Uh, from a from a critical care perspective, I suppose. Yeah. Um, when I go into the doctor and I'm like, my elbow hurts when I do this, and they go, well, don't do that anymore. Right. I don't have a lot of faith in the medical system, but right. when, when you come in with like you know perforated aorta or something like that, you know they usually know to kick things off and uh, get things That's started true. right away. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just more about our healthcare industry. <laughs> a lot of times, I, I feel like it's you know not. That great or that important. Um, Our healthcare system? Yes. Okay. Uh, Case in point, you're looking at it. (laughs) Like, I'm not bragging. I'm not saying it's a good idea. But I haven't been to the doctor in over 15 years. Yeah. Because nothing's wrong with me. Right. That I know about. Right. Lemon-sized tumor growing in my head. That would explain a lot. Oh, stop. Uh, But, yeah. So, and, you know, it's fine. And I don't want to waste their time. Um, the times that I felt like something was wrong and I tried to waste their time, they didn't give me the time of day. So maybe there's a lot of resentment there. Yeah, yeah. I but then that. I hear, you know, just freak things that happen. Uh, a friend of mine mm-hmm. um, was mowing the lawn and he's like, my arm feels weird. Man, my shoulder's just kind of hurting, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Goes inside, gets worse. Now he's got chest pains. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, great. Right, right, right. <laughs> just said, called the ambulance. Took him down, you know, gave to gave him the stuff he needed or whatever. Checked him out, said, "Okay, it's you know, it's probably gonna be okay." But if he hadn't known any better, or if he had felt that way running from a saber toothed tiger, right. no more, my friend. Right. And just little things like that, where it's like, oh, this thing came out of nowhere. You've got a bone growth or something like that. We found it. Another friend of mine uh, was experiencing like 
um, sort of digest, digestion issues, mm. just feeling kind of weird. And yeah. they were looking at it. They're like, oh, it's uh, you got a little cancer in there. Oh, okay. What? Were you looking for cancer? Yeah. No, I just noticed on the scan here. uh, Let's get you in there. Start treating that cancer. They hadn't found that because that stupid little checkup he was having. Who knows where he'd be? Yeah. My my dad was playing golf, uh, and he um, was having like he who's had uh, high blood pressure. Which runs in the family, and like he was kind of having to personalize everything. <laughs> this could have just been a friend of yours, <laughs> but you're like, my dad, Bob Wilson, who All lives right. at thirty two one. But anyway, yeah. Um, and he had kind of a scare, and he had to go to uh, and the blood know, pressure that runs in my family. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Went to the hospital and got treated, got on medication, and ended up being fine. But yeah, it, it's you know it's scary things like that that happen like out of the blue, more or less. Yeah, so I I guess get get be serious about your health care. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying that Dwayne was neglecting it or anything like that. Right. But I think if you want to learn a life lesson, if not lessons from his work that you can get in creating interesting characters and stories and stuff like that, if you want to yeah. learn this lesson. You know, get checkups and just take care of yourself. Right. Um, your dad was <laughs> so now I'm now I'm doing it. Yeah, I know. He wasn't exactly the age that Dwayne was, but no. it's a it's a similar age for a lot of guys yeah. and for a lot of women. Heart disease is a leading killer of women as well. Right. Uh, where you just sort of move into a new phase of your life where it's called the be careful phase. Right. Just just be careful. Yeah. You're and not a you're not vigilant. a volleyball anymore. You're more of a but you're not a Fabergé egg. Right, right, right. What's an object that's in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> no, you are a volleyball. You are a volleyball. Yeah. Okay. A soccer ball, kick it, do whatever. Right. A volleyball. Didn't the <laughs> didn't the gym teacher ever yell at you for kicking a volleyball? I don't think I ever did kick a volleyball, but I bet the if way I that did, it's covered, it's only at. for setting, bumping, and all that. You sure. kick it, you can you know knock the leather off of it. Oh, so you are a volleyball. I see. You gotta be careful. I think yeah. we're getting closer and closer here. <laughs> and then yeah, you're a Fabergé egg. Right. Right. In your older age. Yes, exactly. Dwayne uh, comes from Detroit. He was uh, born and raised in Detroit. Uh, did okay. you know that it's not until um, Dwayne passed, but Keegan-Michael Key, the mm-hmm. actor and comedian, realized that he was Dwayne's half-brother by their father. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, I mean, just to have, apropos did, of nothing. Did, did they know each other? No, all? no, I don't think so. Um, so huh. it's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, um, that's like a little upsetting like you have to find that out after he's passed but um <laughs> yeah but i mean like you don't if your dad gets divorced and has another family or something like that you that's don't true. know you don't hang out with them well yeah i guess that's true uh, although he probably watched Kim Peele and he's like that guy's pretty funny <laughs> he's got my dad's eyes it's weird <laughs> Uh, he got a master's degree in physics from University of Michigan, and wow. he yeah moved to Impressive. New York, and he attended film school at uh, Tisch in New York. Very cool. I did not know that. Yeah, and he ended up working for Marvel and writing a lot, a lot of titles for Marvel. Um, he created the um, damage control idea. Oh, you know, the, that's a cool idea. It a, yeah, it was a comic at first, and then is something that exists in the Marvel universe and huh. showed up in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, also worked for DC and Archie and then founded uh, Milestone Media as well. 
And, Very nice. Yeah. And got uh, involved in uh, writing these uh, Justice League cartoons. Yes. Which uh, we're going to talk about. Yes. Um, Justice League, you introduced me to the Justice League cartoons, and I'm so very glad that you did. Um, because, I mean, I think that I learned a lot about um, these wonderful DC characters um, uh, that I didn't know before and, like, how they, you know, related to each other and that sort of thing. Um, and you introduced me to one of my favorite characters of all time. The, Chica Halcone. Yes. Um hawk girl from the justice league cartoon and uh she doesn't really exist in the exact same form in the comics no so not really uh but i love this uh, that character so much she's one of my all-time favorites and um i really love her relationship to john stewart who plays green lantern in or who is green lantern in the series right and uh we uh get to see part of that relationship kind of forming in one of these one of these episodes so that we're going to talk about yeah it's it's really uh incredible the work that they did and you know Dwayne didn't just write some of these things he produced and he uh was the story editor hmm. on 69 out of the 91 episodes wow so yeah so when you do that you know you are basically the person who oversees Right. What the scripts look like when they come in. Make sure the story is consistent, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not necessarily writing them, but when it comes through you, you're the guy that's saying like, well, this is Justice League. This part isn't. Let's try to rework this. And so right. you sort of affect the flavor of, right. of the show. Let's have this character refer back to a previous episode here or that sort of thing. Yeah. That's right. Um, Yeah. Um, I, I think this series is probably one of the strongest animated series that I've ever Oh, that's watched. the answer to the question that you asked before. <laughs> oh, I didn't get it. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it it's, it's so good. It's so good. And I feel like a huge part of that is um, what Dwayne McDuffie has uh, did to uh, make it as good as it was. Yeah, for sure. And he's somebody who understood the character's really really well mm -hmm. at up to this point in the what they call like the tim verse or the dini verse uh they should really come up just call it the tim dini verse yes i agree tim dini <laughs> tim dini i like that the dini tim verse yeah the tim dini verse tim dini sounds kind of like houdini starting with batman and going on to the new batman and robin adventures uh, moving into a superman adventure show mm -hmm. and then moving into justice league and justice league unlimited and how every thing that comes out takes what came before as granted, as continuity. Yeah, yeah. So in exactly. an episode like the one we're going to talk about first here, uh, the two-parter episode called Hereafter, mm -hmm. uh, it opens with the Superman Revenge Squad yes. uh, wanting to take down Superman. Now, Superman Revenge Squad is something from the comic books, and it consists of you know various people. It would be weird to not have Luthor in the Superman Revenge Squad. Right. But he was off doing something else at this point. Right. Um, but every single one of the characters in the the Revenge Squad, Metallo, Toy Man, Weather Wizard, Livewire, and Calabac, have all had specific run-ins with Superman, either in Justice League or in his show. Right. Like Livewire came from his show. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they all it, they all have a reason for wanting revenge, which I think is important. Yeah. Um, to be on the squad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
I heard Calabac wrong, and I thought it was Caliban. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Yeah, okay. All right. Blame Jack Got Kirby. that. Uh, blame who? I was gonna Jack Kirby. I was gonna oh, sue okay. Jack Kirby, but I figured that that train has sailed. So. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, what happens in hereafter? Um. Well, the uh, Superman Revenge Squad meets, and uh, they're going to plan something to get back at Superman. And they are attacking Metropolis at the beginning, and Toy Man has created some, um, it, it's some, like, weird toy thing that, like, shoots this beam and then, like, things disappear. We don't know where they go. Um, like, they, he shoots it at various, like, city blocks and uh, buildings within Metropolis, and they, they just disappear, and you see the pipes and everything. And then... Uh, he threatens, I think, specifically Wonder Woman and Batman, and Superman's like, no! And he goes in front of him and blocks it and gets hit with a beam. Right. They don't... They assume the worst. They assume that he's been killed. And so they have a funeral for him, but Batman, because he's Batman, <laughs> doesn't believe that he's been killed, and he's uh, doing his thing as a detective and investigating like what <laughs> yeah. actually happened. Yeah, they have a funeral for Superman, and he's like, uh, Master Bruce, it's time to go to the funeral. There's no point. He's yes, not dead. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so well, I mean, that... you could go to the funeral. Right. Right. But perhaps Ma and Pa Kent would enjoy seeing you there. <laughs> I know. You asshole. <laughs> Even freaking Lex Luthor goes to the yeah, funeral. Yeah. I got something to say about that, but keep going. Um. So that's basically, so the episodes we're talking about are, are two two-parters that are back-to-back. Yeah. So that is like largely um, the the first episode and like they, they lay Superman to rest or like as I, I'm assuming is an empty coffin. Yeah. I don't know what they buried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like this huge like, you know, uh, grave site with kind of like a... Uh, Memorial. Yeah, a memorial. Thank you. Uh, for for Superman. Everybody's wearing black bands on their arms. It's very sad. Um, and Snapper Carr is there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then all of the, um, the bad guys that were, um, you know, against Superman and everything. Is this uh, scene by scene or is this well, the synopsis? They, they, they're, they're attacking Metropolis at the end and everybody's fighting them. And uh, they're at the watchtower, and Lobo comes by, and like <laughs> no, I, I totally forgot that the main man was in this one. Yeah, yeah. You just think like, okay, it's a two-parter. Uh, it's Superman dying, and then having to deal with the effects of that, and then you know maybe he's not dead. We could probably kill like an hour with that two twenty-two minute yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. But then we started watching it, and I was like, oh no, there's got to be something in the middle here, and then like. Hey, what's up, Super Jerks? It's I the know. main man. <laughs> oh, that's right. Brad Garrett Lobo is here. Yeah, exactly. So um, nobody is super thrilled with him being there, but he kind of helps them out. Um, and then do, we have, do you want me to go on to episode two? Yeah. Okay. I want you to get out of episode one. Okay. So episode two, oh, episode one ends and we see Superman unconscious somewhere. And that's how it ends. Uh, so we pick up uh, for the second episode of the same thing, and he is on some planet, we don't know where, uh, with all of the stuff that has been disappeared. So a bunch of cars and like some sidewalk and stuff like that. So he gets to work, and um, he 
siphons gas out of all the cars and he takes like the really fancy car and like um he kind of like he gets a signal like he he's like tracking like it's like probably from the watchtower and so he's gonna go closer to that symbol and everything um he fights some wolves and uh he's he's basically in survival man mode and then he uh meets vandal savage at the, the he gets to the watchtower and the watchtower is like broken and nobody's there and he's like what happened and and he can't find anybody else and then vandal savage shows up and he's like what are you doing here and he's like i'm immortal and apparently a couple of days after superman disappeared or died uh, vandal savage like basically ruined the earth and killed everybody um, he defeated the Justice League and everything, and he's now since repented on that, and uh, they work on working on his time machine, which he kind of started but didn't finish, and uh, they're going to send Superman back in time, and he's like, okay, also... I'm going to steal something from this one scientist guy, make sure I don't do that, and then I can't make my weapon. And so that's basically what happens, and Superman gets sent back in time, and he saves everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? What else you got? I don't know if I'd buy that as a pitch. <laughs> well. You can't, you can't, we can just do a reading of the script. Do you know what I mean? You always yeah. try to get every single detail in. And I it know. doesn't. You know, it doesn't, after Superman's, uh, uh, Superman appears to die Mm -hmm. and the world must mourn, you know, the world must deal with that loss while the Justice League deals with their new member, Lobo, the Cesarnian. And then part two, Superman awakens on a world under a red sun. Can he survive long enough to find the secret of returning home? Right. Done. Okay. (laughs) Um. Yeah. It. This is what. What I always loved about Justice League and definitely Justice League Unlimited is, um, the Justice League series is a little more. Was like two seasons, right? Mm. And it's a little more um, self-contained. Um, there's still continuity going on, but you always get two-part episodes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes three-part episodes. Yeah. You know, tell this story about these seven characters. Then they switch to Unlimited, where they've got. The classic uh, DC Comics, huge Justice League. What's Red right. Tornado up to? Right. And instead of needing more time to tell the story, they got it. They whittled it down to like single episodes. Yes. Now they did a pull the DS Nine, and like in the last half of the last season, they right. you know, it became really episodic, and they take a break every once in a while to have Wally switch brains with Lex Luthor or something like that. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it was like this continual story. Right. And so that is, um, it's impressive. And it seems like they're growing and developing the storytellers, but I think they already knew what they were doing. Okay, sure. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think they evolved into single shot ones. I think the two-parters worked just as well, but it became, well, I think it's a better idea to not spend too much time with everybody because we want to see stars and stripe and we want to see vigilante and we want to see all those other characters. So Mm -hmm. let's give ourselves freedom to move around more. I think it's it's just really smart. Yeah, it is. But many of these episodes in Justice League and many of the episodes of Justice League Unlimited are specifically based on pre-existing stories. Sure. The, and Dwayne had to have a big hand in this. Because like I know Bruce Timm knows a lot about Batman. 
loves Batman. Of course he does. But I don't feel like Bruce Tim necessarily knows. I could be wrong. He could have a whole house made out of comics. Mm-hmm. But like, does he know every single thing that happened in Warlord, you know, or Princess Amethyst or like all these right. other comics in the DC universe? And a guy like Dwayne had to be instrumental in this. So many of these things refer specifically to stuff like this is they're doing the this is their death of, of Superman. Now they're not yeah. going to they'd already did Doomsday, I think, before. Right. Or is Doomsday coming up? I can't remember what the... Well, it's when the Justice Lords things happened yeah. before that. That's at the end of this season, right? I think so. Um, or so the second season, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe the second season, because I think this season's the Thanagarians. And they can't... They're not going to follow that exactly, so instead they just show, okay, well, let's just take Funeral for a Friend, like the part of the Death of Superman storyline where mm-hmm. we have to bury Superman. He's got a statue with the eagle on his arm. Right. Because, you know, Superman and eagles, we know they're a big thing. <laughs> And they do that here, and then in the next episode, it's like, all right, now screw that. We're doing um, I Am Legend. Let's just do a Richard Matheson thing where mm-hmm. there's one man alone on Earth. He's the last man on Earth. Right. Fighting strange creatures and you know, with this goal in mind. Yes. Which is just – and the first episode, there's so much talking that you need to explain what's going on. Um, you have to explain what, what's, what we're going to do with Superman. We need somebody new. Characters have to share their reminiscences about Superman, you know, mm-hmm. and share their grief. Right. The second episode starts, and we do a recap, and the recap is almost completely silent. Yeah. It is merely images. Uh-huh. It's Toy Man shooting a thing, Superman yes. trying to stop it, so on and so forth. And there's one thing where John goes, oh, we have to have a replacement for Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know why Lobo's there. Right. Then we move into an episode that is, for the first time, 10 minutes, almost completely silent. Right. Like Superman just trying to survive on this world yes. with a red sun. Yes. And he doesn't say, red sun, that means my powers are don't work. No. Like we no. just we just play it out. Right. And it works because at the end they go get the power source, which is apparently like yellow sun energy. Or, right. Or, yeah. And so he gets all his powers back. It's like. Right. It's so good. It is good. And I like seeing a different side of Vandal Savage, too, because we're just like, he's just a, a jerk and like a megalomaniac. I like the idea that on a long enough timeline, yeah, he's good. That he could repent and, and be a good guy. Well, after yeah. destroying the entire earth. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, basically just serving 30,000 years of penance. Yeah. He could be good. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's still, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's nice to believe that 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 he he could repent or you know he could be be different and better um as opposed to just being immortal and a jerk so immortally a jerk yeah i um i like uh th- that you know we've talked in the past when we weren't even talking about jla one of your favorite mm-hmm. things to bring up is mm-hmm. uh the way that the writing team had to sideline superman yeah. <laughs> Every time. Because they'd have a he's fight. so powerful. Yeah. Uh, the big guy punches Superman through a building, and then we don't see him for the rest of the fight because he could just take care of the whole thing himself. Right. And this seems, I don't know if Dwayne did this on purpose, but this seems like the ultimate answer to that. Yeah. Which is just, okay, what if we just took Superman out of the world then? What if he got punched into the future? Right. What then? Right. What if With he didn't have sun. the league to help him? Yeah. Because right. while he's picking, you know, grubble out of his ass, Hawk Girl's wrapping up whatever the problem is, right? What right. if he it was just him on his own? Yeah. 
and no powers. He's just a man. And we see that, you know, we see the man instead of the super. Right. And right. he gets it done. Yeah. And he's able to survive and and even like thrive in his changing circumstances. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he, he has a single signal and he, he keeps moving towards it and we don't know what it is. And then we see the watchtower and it's dilapidated and we're like, whoa, what is happening? Uh, and then we find out that this is Earth so many years in the future. Um, and I, I think that that was a really good reveal as well. Um, I guess it's a little disconcerting that like he goes to the watchtower and he's trying to look for all of his friends and it just says unknown and it says that he's present, you know? Right. And you, you would think that the watchtower would know, oh, they're, they're dead. You know, this was that was thousands of years well nobody ago. put their files in the in the dead folder yeah i guess you're right yeah so it's uh, not there no manual override so um there's they don't spend a lot of time on it it's a kid show also we've got other things to do like show the effect of his quote-unquote death on the other people in yeah. uh, his circle but yeah we do have a nice little funeral and john says you know something to the effect of kind of what i said that he was super but he, he was also a man it reminds me of that snl skit with hulk not good with words oh sure so hulk write this down and then yeah you mentioned that luthor shows up i love lois lane is one of my favorite comic book characters period but she looks real bad here yeah <laughs> she just does that I, you brute i hate you i hate you <laughs> yeah I know. come on you think lois wouldn't have the best there's the wickedest like burn or something like that Probably. to just make him walk out yeah. in shame, but no. And is he? He's still he's running for president at this point, right? This is just a campaign I don't appearance know if for him. He, he was or not, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it reminds me of a storyline in Daredevil called um, "Oh, Daredevil's gonna die." Oh he's, boy, he's dead. Nightfall? The fall? Nightfall? Uh, I, wow. Wow. You used I, to be the world's greatest Daredevil fan. Now, not so much. Wow. Where Daredevil, uh, his secret is revealed... Uh, was it? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. The point is, he has to fake his death. Okay. Everybody thinks he's dead. And the kingpin comes to his funeral, too. Okay, people are like, sure. What is he doing here? Yeah. Right. And then so they're all saying their goodbyes, and Foggy's like, and I'll see you on the other side, buddy. And Karen's like, oh, boy, I'm so sad. And Kingpin's like spits on his coffin and is like rot slowly. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. Yeah. Okay. Another uh, bald, evil, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. It's going around. <laughs> Did how familiar are you with with Lobo? Not really at all, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. He he looks like he's like the fifth member of Kiss or something. You know. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't know what to say <laughs> except uh, <laughs> Keith Giffen's a, a weird guy. Yeah, um, he's huge too. Like, like he could be like a Hulk almost. And I think like... he is huge, but I never thought of him as being taller than like John. Oh, sure, because John is just kind of a yeah. towering presence. Yeah, he's kind of like you know DC's Space Wolverine. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people bub a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> this like motorcycle that he can just call to him and stuff like that. And it's funny, again, like I know that Dwayne's name is on this. I don't know how much of this is specifically are his choices, but it's 
the worst thing that's ever happened. Superman's dead. Yeah. What do we do? Right. And then like, rawr, rawr, rawr. what's up, you bastiches? Yeah. <laughs> just such a, like a weird breaking of the tension and just something that you wouldn't expect. Although yeah. it does kind of make sense. Like he is a Superman level guy and so you need somebody like that like we'd love to have speedy on the team but he's not going to fill in for superman right Superman, and like he just like kind of like crashes into the watchtower it's not even like he like knocks or you know i mean he just like busts in on the scene is like hey i'm here y'all are happy to have me uh you know and lucky to have me and all this stuff and and it's like everybody is super annoyed with him and like they're like you're not superman and the only reason they bring him with is because they don't want to leave him alone on the watchtower right yeah (laughs) so yeah uh they yeah they have to bring him down to uh he ends up beating up uh wharf pretty good so the the um what what Calabac. yeah Calabac. yeah who does he get a lot of opportunity to moonlight from uh apocalypse like shouldn't he be on yeah. apocalypse plotting to destroy new genesis probably yeah <laughs> why is he hanging out with copperhead robbing banks it's a really good question <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense no it seems like uh peanuts compared to new genesis it's stuff. like thor like uh you know patrolling queens with spider-man looking for uh, purse snatchers yeah it's a it's, a, it's not choice yeah. um i'm not exactly sure he just maybe he just hates superman that much speaking of marvel comics there's some great stuff in this as there is in almost every jla episode where you've got the great group on group fights yeah so you've got a group that i'm trying to think of their makeup and if they match up to any dc group but it doesn't matter you got an assortment of dc villains mm. fighting the justice league and they in that great Claremontian tradition of them swapping partners and using powers in interesting ways. So, you know, uh, Star Sapphire has fought Green Lantern to a standstill, but then Hawkgirl swoops in and knocks her out. But then Copperhead wraps himself around her and starts throttling her. So John puts his fist through his head or whatever. Right. (laughs) I think I'm starting to go off the track here. But yeah, just that. It isn't just five people will fight five people in in the ring. It's like a battle royale. Right. And tracking that is tougher than you'd think. Uh-huh. Because yeah. how do the, their powers interact with each other? Can this character, if two characters flying in the sky, can Batman even do anything because he can't get up there? Like how do, who's who's available to help out to change this situation. It's mm-hmm. like a it's like a sport it's like a soccer or hockey. Like you've got the puck and you pass right. it away. Well who's gonna take the puck and then who's gonna be the defender that goes after the attacker and No There I yeah. mean hockey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> example. Well and then like I like how like uh they send Superman back and they send him back not to the exact time and place where he disappeared, but a few days later where they are fighting the villains in Metropolis. It just saves on animation, right? Yeah, I suppose it, yeah. <laughs> they don't have to draw it, anything It's convenient. New. Yeah. Yeah. They even put about 45 seconds in of previously shown animation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and all right, well, we've established that we're back here, but I guess I get how budgets work. Budgets were a problem on this. Um, oh. Some of the uh, normal voice actors uh, who are well-known actors were not able to to come back. Oh, really? Yeah. Um I think I'm not sure who voices Livewire usually, but um, Maria Canals, who does uh, Hot Girl, did her in this episode. Oh, okay. And Bud Court wasn't around to do Toy Man, so they had to replace him. 
And also Malcolm McDowell usually does Metallo, but they couldn't get him back for this. But they are wow. back in JLU later. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh. So they just had to go with what they had, I guess, because of... Yeah. Totally. Nor- Often you'll hear a guard that sounds a lot like Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, I wonder if... Do you think Kevin Conroy ever does that? Or, I mean, he's Kevin... Kevin Conroy, right? I, I don't know. That's a really good question. Probably doesn't yeah. job like that. <laughs> but uh, I can see it. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else to say about Hereafter? Because there won't be anything else to say Hereafter. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, no, I, I I liked it. Um, like Wonder Woman has this one line about like, ooh, I like the beard. Are you keeping it? And he's like, not a chance. <laughs> How does he shave his hair? Good question. He must have to have a really sharp razor or, you know, like some metal that's like from a yellow sun or something like that. I don't know. Well, uh, do, do you want the answer? Oh, my I gosh. Sure. <laughs> he, he can use his heat vision. Sure. If he can see it. Sure. So he can line a mirror, the back of a mirror with lead, and it will reflect. And I this happened in a in a comic in the like late 70s wow once a real yeah, kurt swan situation okay um he, if you're ducky in, in superman 4 you can do it but you need a wire cutters to do it wow uh you know like a lock cutter sure um and then i don't know that he probably has like a razor that's got some razors have lights on them for some reason maybe it's got like a red sun light okay sure that just makes that one part of him vulnerable okay oh, here you go get dr fate to do it oh. <laughs> right okay but i have a magic straight razor just for this purpose right <laughs> sure do you want to keep the that. sideburns <laughs> i can see that happening yeah i could too Let's talk about the next pair of episodes, and they're directly after yes. these episodes. All yes. of these episodes aired in the fall of 2003. This pair of episodes is called Wild Cards. Yes. And I have to say, I <laughs> just got done talking about how accomplished the two-parters and everything are, but I think that I like the the one-shots of JLU a lot better. Oh, okay. I love the, the, the Supreme Seven, but I also just love seeing the extra characters... I like it when Warlord shows up or whatever. I think it's sure. cool. Uh, but this is, I think, my favorite two-parter of Justice League. This is this is one of my favorites. And um, I I think I, this is, like, one that I, like, remember, you know, too. Like, if you, like, had made me choose, like, favorites, like, this would be on the list. Right. Um, so I, I guess I'll – a brief breakdown. So um, – Joker, they're in Las Vegas. Joker has hidden several bombs throughout the city. He gets the Justice League team there, and he originally tells them it's only one bomb. And, oh, by the way, we are filming this from lots of different cameras that I have set up previously. Uh, and It's interesting that it's Vegas. Yeah. With Central City, Metropolis, Gotham. DC is a, is a fake city universe. No, you're right. This is specifically That's a very Vegas. good point. Yeah. Um, and then he also mentions that starring in this is besides the Justice League is, uh, the Royal Flush Gang. Uh, so this is the first time in, uh, the animated series that we see them. Uh, they were kids who had powers that the government basically, like, 
they were orphaned or something. I don't know. But they, they the government did experiments on them. <laughs> as they do. Yeah, as they do. <laughs> it happens. And Joker broke them out. So they feel like this weird kind of affinity with him. And uh, he he's the one who did like the um, uh, the the card kind of theme. So there's uh, 10 Jack, King, Queen, and Ace. So there's five of them. And um, they all have like different powers and that sort of thing. Uh, they, they finally get out there. They defuse the one bomb. It was a fake. Uh, and then Superman with his vision can tell that there are 25 other bombs. And Joker has a running timer, which I think is like something like 22 minutes. And I don't remember how many seconds. Uh, and the average length of a uh, half an hour TV show right, about commercials. Right. And it's counting down. And also we have Harley Quinn in the helicopter who's also helping to film us. Um, so uh, the Royal Flesh Gang kind of like beats them up as they're trying to defuse these bombs. Uh, and uh, the first episode ends with uh, Green Lantern like basically sending a hawk girl outside of the building and like there's this huge explosion. We don't know what happened to him. And then the second one ep- opens up and um, we're continuing on with the countdown. Uh, John is okay, but he's really injured. And um, we learn more about Ace than we had previously and uh, supposedly she's kind of um crazy and joker says it doesn't affect him because he's already crazy but if you look at her you're gonna go crazy and so she looks into the camera and if you were watching the feed you would go crazy too and while they do her backstory which happens in the second episode uh there her eyes it's focusing on her face but then it moves her eyes move to the upper third yes and we still and we show the her backstory play out i don't know who was filming that uh when she was a little girl but the eyes are still there because the people have to see her eyes to remain possessed or crazy by by her power right which is just such a great it is great yeah just the the forethought of that yes um and i guess they made some sort of like headband for her that controlled her powers um and uh Yep, uh, and that's basically what happens. They're How's going around. End? Well, they're going around diffusing all the bombs and everything, and and then Batman confronts the confronts Joker. Confronts the Joker yes. because he followed Harley Quinn there, and um, and he had the headband that controlled Ace, and so she gets upset and she confronts him, and she's like, "I'm not afraid of you," and she kind of makes him go more crazy somehow and then like batman's like where will you go and she's like nowhere and she just kind of walks away right yeah that is a very specific moment yeah it is <laughs> there, are other speci- there are other specific it, moments yeah that were not mentioned in that recap this is the, this is my thing a, a recap can never recap the entire thing the best recap is just playing the episode right yes the map is the territory right in that case yeah uh, where is John? <laughs> where is John Jones? Yeah, really good. Would question. he break this entire episode? Oh, I can fly through every casino. Well, I can read right. the Joker's mind to find where the bombs are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but why isn't Wonder Woman in it? That's a really good question. I don't you got know why. five Justice League members. Mm-hmm. I guess they wanted five on five, right? I think maybe you're right about that. Yeah, but there's five wild fl- uh, uh, royal flesh gangs. Yes. You got Harley Quinn. 
Yes. Then you got the Joker. Yeah. That's seven. So that's seven. So why why not have everybody there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Wonder Woman and, and uh, Manhunter are not in this. No. Speaking of Joker going crazy and Harley kind of being convinced to run out on him again. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, this is the last appearance of Joker and Harley in really? the DCAU. Wow. Yep. This is the Batman or the, or the Joker band takes effect after this and Joker is not seen again. Oh, I did not realize that. Yep. Huh. And it would be, uh, of course, the Joker would return in Batman Beyond. In, right. Uh, in his own way. Yeah. To spoil the excellent uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Um, and it's uh, Arlene Sorkin's final performance as uh, Harley? Harley Quinn. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, Tara Strong would take over after this. Okay. Speaking of Tara Strong, it's also somewhat of a Teen Titans crossover. Because all five members of the Royal Flesh Gang are voiced by the voice actors behind the Teen Titans. Oh, you're kidding. Carrie Payton, Greg Seeds, Tara Strong, Scott Manville, and Hyden Watch. Wow. I did not realize that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, had that started filming yet? I don't I don't know. Don't ask me. Okay. <laughs> that's your, remember, that's you're thinking of Teen Titans Go. Well, this is Teen Titans. Oh, okay. The yeah. more serious one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The more serious one. <laughs> If I go that far. Uh, well, Teen Titans Go is kind of silly. It's really silly. And they're more kind of like cartoony than realistic looking. So. Yeah. I mean, you're just whistling Dixie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and it sucks. Whoa. Right? Isn't that what we say? No. I no, don't, I don't agree I either. I like Teen Titans Go. It's yeah, fun. I love it. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yes. It's very good. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's like SpongeBob, isn't it? It's going to go forever. Yeah, it's silly. It totally could go forever. It's gonna absolutely. Go absolutely forever. Yeah. I, I hope it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, this is another episode that is, here's something that you never mentioned at all. Oh, okay. Throughout the entire first episode and a lot of the second episode, mm-hmm. not only is there a clock, but the clock on screen is continually there and it counts down the even in 24 they didn't do this it counts down the entire time yes and the entire episode is presented and shot as if it was being seen through cameras yes there are yes. a few times that we get say the joker yells at the tv crew to laugh at his joke and mm-hmm. we reverse to the tv crew Nobody's filming that, right? right? We're just seeing that. Right. And then the very last confrontation between Batman. It's like Arrested Development. It's supposed to be a documentary, but is there a documentary guy in the bathroom when Tobias is showering in his cutoffs? How are we seeing that? <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. When Michael and Rita are going to play bum paddle, like there's there's no cameraman in the room. Right, right. right. So we get that at the end between the fight between uh, Joker and, and, uh, and Batman. But otherwise, yeah, the entire thing to the point where <clears throat> many of the camera angles are from the point of view of security cameras. Mm-hmm, mm, There's a yes. couple shots where we see like a guy holding a camera and then we kind of switch to where his point of view might be, like watching Batman go down the strip. Yes. And then you'll also get things where presumably one of those guys is filming and Hawker will fly by really fast and they put a whip pan animation in. Suddenly right. it's like streaks, you know, like the person is following that character as they're flying by. Yeah. Who does this? I know. It's really cool. The amount of detail that they put into this yes. is is crazy. It is crazy. I should say that this is written by um, both Dwayne McDuffie and Stan Berkowitz, who uh, yeah. worked on a lot of episodes yes. of every show in um, in the Batman jail static shock universe. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I think that it just shows like how clever it is, you know, and then like. Right. Because any other show is just, oh, no, the Joker's got some bombs in Vegas, some jokes that kids don't get about hitting the jackpot or something. Right. And we're done. And mm-hmm. there's this whole conceit. It's like they were challenging themselves. It's like, could we do Could we pull this off? Could we have a episode where there's a clock in the corner and yet at the same time Joker is in a TV production studio right. that can see hundreds of cameras and some of those cameras are focused on bombs and all the bombs at the same timer so the bomb on the timer in the TV monitor behind Joker mm-hmm. has to match the Chiron at the bottom right? because it's all running at the same time. Right. Can we do this? Mm-hmm. The answer was yes. Yeah. Well, And I think that that's just a really clever thing that they were able to do um because also whenever we do see them uh, discovering a new bomb the timer on that bomb to go off matches the timer on the screen for how much time is left right um and that's just a really great detail uh that you know another good detail is what when in the second uh, episode uh when Joker reveals that Ace's, you know, has insanity powers. Yes. I finally figured out what the guy in the mouse costume was. What was that? That's you going insane. Oh, okay. I think they should have done a little more with that. Yes, they should have. I think that's the one part where they, I think probably intentionally pulled back, but could have gone farther, is that once you start seeing things, like when we break out of the conceit and then we're seeing, you know, how do we know what Batman is seeing when he looks at uh, Ace? Ace, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do the whole thing like you're at the T2 experience or something like that. We're watching it from a very specific point of view. Right. Um, but yeah, they did add a little thing where it's like, oh, man, is that guy real? <laughs> like you're, you're starting to go insane while you're watching it. Okay, that makes sense. Because that's just one of those things like, what is happening? And uh, But you saying that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but so. they they make very specific POV choices. And I think, you know, at some point, we're getting paid by a multi-billion dollar corporation to deliver a kid's show. Maybe we'll just, we can just cut it off here. (laughs) We don't have to go full on, like, what, literally, what am I seeing here? You're watching from a camera. Batman freak out, but we don't maybe see what he's seeing. Right. But maybe things start to happen on the frame that's supposed to represent what we do or or what we're seeing while we are going insane watching this. Right. And they and they they showed some of the the, the people who were operating the cameras. Yeah, or then that we sort of see thing. what they see, and how do we see that? Yeah. Right, right. Or we could just be. Well, no, the guy who's got like mice on him is like, oh, I got mice and on me. And he was like melting into the board. Yeah, I mean, it could be us. Him, yeah. I don't know if it's a consensual. Who's, this is raising a lot of questions. Yeah, right. Does he feel like he's melting, but we're seeing him melt too? I feel like that's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm wrong. Oh. <laughs> they went the whole way with it. First time we see Hot Girl's face. Mm-hmm. He takes off her helmet. Yeah. Please don't be an uggo. Please don't be an uggo. Oh, oh thank. And it's like, shoomp. <laughs> I have to imagine she never takes it off. I know. And of course, she's, you know, this Rita Hayworth looking beauty comes out. But yeah. One of her hair was just all pressed know, against her right? head. She's like, eh, give me kids. <laughs> Were they, and they're, they're doing a thing that they often do uh, in this franchise where they, a little something for mom and dad there. Yeah, no, for sure. Because it starts off with this Austin Powers bit where they're yeah. like, is this it? No, I know where it is. Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, they're hacking something? And then you disagreed with me, but I think that, you know, they do it at the end, right? No, probably. Because they start to kiss. Yeah. And then we cut back to the runner with the old lady at the slot machine. Yes. And it's jackpot. 
Yeah, I know. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I get it. I get it. You know, I think like you're it. probably right. Batman throws up in this episode. Yeah, I know. Only not because it's like, uh, I mean, you probably can't have a character throw up on a WB show, right? <laughs> probably not. But he goes like, Ooh. Yeah. And yeah. they don't quite, if they got his mouth, and then he's got a spit. Yeah. We know that. Right, right, right. To, to sell that, it. That, to sell it, yes. They don't quite get his mouth out of the bottom of the frame, so uh-huh. it just looks like he maybe swallows it again, which oh. I know he's a tough guy, but Batman. That's, that's pretty gross. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just throw up in your mouth, Batman? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I think this is pretty good. Um and uh, I, I think that the Royal Flesh Gang um, were, were pretty menacing. Um, but but also I like how they're self-persevering. And at least King is like, I'm getting out of here, you know. Why does Queen have a club on her crotch? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they, if Okay, I think she had a, like a real deep V, she right? She did. Yeah. So, you know, left, on her left breast chest. lapel. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Just not her crotch. Yeah, it was a weird, weird placement idea, I guess. <laughs> not really sure what they were going for with that one. Um, but yeah, it's um I, I think it's very entertaining and of course Joker, I mean, who doesn't love the Joker? And uh, you know He never laughs once in this. Oh, you're right. Well he doesn't do his <laughs> His crazy laugh. Yeah. yeah. I did like that he is his the um shell corporation that he bought airtime with was called like Gwynplaine. Gwynplaine is the name of the character played by Conrad Veet in The Man Who Laughs. Oh, okay. uh, Which is what Bill Finger based the Joker on. Okay. Wow. Okay. That all checks out. Um, I do feel bad for Harley Quinn in this because he literally throws her around. <laughs> yeah, it feels like they're trying... It does feel like they're trying to do... If you haven't seen these important beats from um, Joker's and Harley's relationship, yeah. Joker as a character, they are they do seem like they're kind of wrapping up and uh, kissing off Joker and Harley. Yeah, which they are because right. they do not return. Right. But yeah, you you, you get um, a, a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, and um, but I, I I think it's uh, we get a good juxtaposition when we see Hot Girl and uh, Green Lantern and their relationship. Oh well, yeah, I didn't even think about so, that. Yeah. I was just too busy with the sex joke. <laughs> well, anyway, if you want to watch these, you can get all of these on Blu-ray yes. on Amazon yes. uh, very inexpensively uh, if you're interested. So I suggest that you check that out if you uh, that sounds good to you, even if you are not super familiar with these characters. I, I highly Which you recommend are not, it. No. Uh, and still uh, love this series and yeah, entertained by it. Yeah. And I wanted to mention real quick before we go that um, Charlotte Fullerton, uh, yes. Dwayne's widow, who um, friend of the show. <laughs> we right. talked to her previously. Uh, it might be far hard to find uh, our interview with her. It's a couple of years ago now in our uh, archive, show archive. But yes. great woman uh, is a nice person, TV writer and yes. writer herself. She has established um, the Dwayne McDuffie Foundation, which is a, a nonprofit organization to award academic scholarships for diverse students. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so um, if you want to contribute to that, you can uh, by going to GoFundMe at uh, Dwayne McDuffie Fund. Very cool. Um, Google it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'll autocomplete. 
Yeah, for sure. All this spelling, people spelling. That's <laughs> Heidegger's. That's H-E-I-D. It's probably going to suggest it. Yeah. So just type Dwayne McDuffie Fund into Google and that'll get you there. Yeah. I mean, I would be terrified if I ever met the Joker and like he had like a, a royal flesh gang to like, you know, and, and not to mention 25 bombs. That would be just terrifying. I'd be scared of Joker if he had a busted straight gang. <laughs> Which sounds like an Arrested Development thing, it, it but it's, does. it's a card thing. Yeah, yeah, no. The busted straight game. So that's it for our show, and thank God, because the tank is almost empty. I'm we running out of gas. You need to siphon some gas from some other I need cars. need to siphon some mucus out of my chest. Oh, my and, goodness. I, you know, I, we had this whole long tirade about the doctor before and how I don't need him, and one second. <laughs> Healthy as a horse. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. We need to get, like, a yellow sun for you um, so you can get back in the saddle. If I went into... <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Just incinerated uh, by the real sun, yeah, and it's okay. real plasma. Okay. Uh, if I ever had to go to the doctor and be like, "Are you feeling? How do you do? You feel sick or nauseous?" I'm like, One second. We know you can fake throw up with the best of them, uh, but you need to have a little bit of liquid with you so you can. Splash it down. Yeah, too. right. Yeah, yeah. If you're having trouble, you, you know, at work, uh, you need the day off. Wow. You need to convince your boss that you're sick. Then you just <laughs> give them the old. <laughs> oh gosh, it's sickening. And when then you're able to do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then f- recorded a toilet flush down. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, I just, I just not feeling good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why don't you stay home? That's yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we never stay home. We're no. everywhere. We're yeah. on the internet at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Which Mikanhana has made a paradise. Uh, if you go to our Instagram, she's giving me a look like this isn't true, but... <laughs> I'm going to assume it is because she said that she was going to do it. So uh, check us out on those places on the internet at Just Enough Trope. You can also find us on your listening platform of choice. Go there and subscribe to us. Uh, get to get the show right away. Right. You don't want to wait for the show. No. There's a new show. Yeah. Some guy is, is throwing up on command. He's making sound effects. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just comes right to you. Yes. So that's what you want to do. Also, yeah. uh, give us a review and a rating if you think of it because those things really help us out. Yes, absolutely. They help us out when we hear... We could be better when the puke sounds could be better. You got to take that, internalize it, or I guess externalize it when you think about it. Oh, my goodness. And so give us five <laughs> pelts that Superman uses. Yeah, to make a new cape. To make a new costume, which is the same color as his old costume. <laughs> Thank God I found these red and blue wolves in the future. Otherwise, no. And the I, I feel like they probably wanted to make... The symbol on the back of the alpha wolf. An S. Closer to an S. Yeah. Can we give him like, what about zigzag stripes? Would that work? Right. It's like, forget it. It's not going to work. Come on. They restrained themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Maybe we should have some restraint and just ask for five stars. We'd appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.